So in case you've slept through the first part of the service, this is in fact our fifth Sunday service and you missed that somehow. Uh, the elders always pray and discuss and gee, what would be good to feature? We try to think of things that would bless the congregation. We try to think of things that need attention in some way. And uh, this is one of those things this morning that uh, I've thought of the phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This is a ministry in every one of the five ministries that we're going to feature this morning that just kind of runs and runs well. And uh, that's uh, a direct result of the uh, people who were involved, and we're going to hear from some of them this morning. But children's ministry has always been at the heartbeat of TCF in one way or another, children's and youth ministry. So this morning we're going to talk about uh, nursery, we're going to hear about children's church, we're going to hear about Bible Bowl and Fast Track and Basic. Uh, we, we do have some children's ministries that are outreaches like the VBS, like Good News Club, but those do get some more attention than these things, and we just don't hear about these things very often. So just want to mention a few things at the outset before we have uh, those who are going to speak in, about each of those individual ministries. Uh, First of all, nursery kind of runs itself, but no, not entirely. Debbie makes sure nursery is running because uh, we haven't had a, a person who held the role of nursery director for some time. So when people uh, are unable to fill that role or when they uh, um, uh, drop out for one reason or another, Debbie's the one who does the recruiting and asks some of you to serve in that role. Um, but we have a lot of very faithful nursery workers You'll notice that when we, at the end I'm going to read the list of all the people that are involved in each of these ministries, and you'll notice a couple things. You'll notice that there are some people who are uh, involved in more than one. There are several, actually, that are involved in more than one. Uh, I guess Sarah Joy Travers will get the prize. She's actually in three of the five things that we're going to feature here this morning, so it's appropriate that we'll give her... And uh, Carrie Shupak actually is in, in, in two of those uh, five. So, and you know, that's a, that's a function of their willingness to serve as well as a function of the size of the church and what people are doing in other venues and willing and, uh, uh, and able to serve in those various roles. Also want to say that, uh, you know, we've had some high standards set through the years. You remember Patty Elin for many, many years was our children's ministry director, and that specifically is regarding children's church. And uh, that was another, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But Patty did a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure it wasn't broke. And uh, Diane Shepard actually picked that up and did not miss a beat, even though Patty Eland was an incredibly hard act to follow. I remember when I became church administrator here, I had an incredibly hard act to follow. John McVeigh, many of you remember John, and John was the consummate church administrator. And how many of you ever watched MASH, the TV show? Remember MASH? Remember Radar O'Reilly? Okay. He was the consummate company clerk. Okay. And when Radar left and um, a Klinger had to take over that role, uh, there was an episode where Klinger was just messing up, and he just, he just wasn't Radar. He wasn't nearly as good as Radar. And the, the Colonel Potter, the commanding officer, said to him, you don't need to be Radar. You just need to be Klinger. You just need to be who you are. And I, I remember feeling that when I followed John McVeigh. And I'm sure in some way Diane probably felt that following Patty, but she didn't miss a beat. 
and she has taken over that children's ministry and really run it very, very well. And that's one reason that we don't hear much about it, because, you know, a lot of things that you hear about are things that we have needs or we have problems, right? That's when you hear about it. But we don't hear about these things because they flow so smoothly. That's a testament to the leadership of these groups. It's also a testament to all of the volunteers. So we're going to hear from some of those volunteers this morning in these ministries. And so I would like those who are speaking this morning to come up to the front row and give you easy access. And I'm going to introduce them now. And so when it's time, you come. We're going to go in chronological order. First, we're going to hear about the nursery from, uh, from Christine and from Zheng Hido, who serve together in the nursery. And then we're going to hear about Children's Church, and we're going to hear about Children's Church from uh, Carla Diaz and Nancy Harkins. And then we're going to hear about Bible Bowl uh, from Sarah Joy Travers. And we're going to hear about Fast Track from James Thorpe. And we're going to hear about Basic from Megan Failer. So that's who we're going to hear from this morning. But let's pay close attention and let's listen and let's uh, affirm them by our attention this morning as we hear about these ministries. So Zheng He and Christine, please come. And we would like to hear from you about children's ministry. to say, but um, I've been this church, um, okay, <laughs> okay, um, I've been this church, TCF, like, um, if this November, I'll be, like, almost to 20 years, um, and <laughs> okay, so I just want to share my story. Uh, one day I was reading uh, the bulletin, and then I saw they need a volunteer for upstairs baby nursery, and then I was so happy to see that because I cannot speak well. So little baby, just I need to holding and smiling and then, you know, big hug. So that's how I started. And then uh, it really made me so happy to see the baby and because feel me really comfortable and then I feel like I can talk with them, but they cannot talk. So <laughs> I just, you know, so I just speak Korean. So I wish they can understand. So, but... When I uh, holding the baby, uh, I learn also like peace. Um, <laughs> um, so we starting with Christine. Uh, she need a service hour for school too. So we a lot of sharing together, and then uh, with baby, and then Christine. Uh, so. I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of so nervous, so now take over, Christine, can she? <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> um, so we've been doing nursery together for about five years, 
and uh, it, it was initially because I needed service hours for eighth grade. Um, but after eighth grade was over, we didn't really feel a need to stop. I mean, I mean, who doesn't love babies and who doesn't love playing with them? And um, we've been really lucky to be a part of the ministry because, um, at least, at least for me, I didn't get to see myself grow up. I'm still growing mentally, at least. Um, but it, at least for me, it's fun to watch these little kids go from not really being able to do much themselves to becoming so capable of things I did not expect. And it's insightful because I guess that's how every parent feels when they watch their kids grow up, although they see their kids at more regular intervals than once a month for two hours. Um, but... Um, I guess my favorite thing about being in the nursery, and I'm sure my mom feels the same way, is just being able to be a part of a child's life, at least in a tiny capacity, and um, teaching them little things that they'll hopefully carry on with them for the rest of their lives. Um, my favorite example is probably a little Johnny failure. Um, when he first started in the infant nursery, he had the most impressive set of lungs I've ever come across on any child. Um, he, would, he would just cry and cry, and um, a lot of the time we didn't really know what, what to do with him because he was so upset that Megan wasn't there. Um, but after a while, we realized that um, by distracting him with little things like toys or um, weird noises, he would eventually become so distracted he wouldn't notice and he would become more comfortable there. And after a while, we got to see him become more and more confident in putting his trust in us and being cared for by someone other than Megan. And now when he comes to the nursery, he's running way ahead of John, and we can barely see him. He's halfway down the hallway. And he opens the door himself and says, I'm ready to play. And then his dad catches up and says, yeah, he's ready to play. <laughs> but it, re it really is nice working in the nursery because you can see why the Lord says that everyone should have the heart of a child because there's such purity there and such potential for good and um, we love seeing it so yeah, yeah. so hopefully um, my thing like I wanna like I usually stay in the comfortable zone so I don't wanna like a volunteer other than one thing but I uh, hopefully my English improve so I can step up, which means uh, preschool I can teach them. That's my goal to be. Uh, that's my hope. So, yeah. So hopefully, thank you. Hi. I've been up here once before, many, many years ago, but um, it's kind of scary. So I've been here for a while. Children's Church is a blessing, and it's some, one of the first things I noticed about TCF when I came. And when I was thinking about it yesterday during the women's ministry, it was, suffer the little children to come unto me. We all think of the word suffer. We're all going to die. The, the, the simple fact is, is that children are a fact of life. God gave us children. They're a blessing. But 
you also suffer through children, whatever way you want to put that. And when I first came to TCF, um, got, uh, I was here for a little while, and then, as she said, in the bulletin, needed help. And I didn't see any need for me to help. I was like, I'm just here. And God said, it's time for you to get out of the service and be of service. So I went to help. I started in the nursery, and then I went to Mr. Fritz. Mr. Fritz is an institution, or was an institution of our church that has been here since the church began. He was what God put in place for our children to grow up. He was the person who, because when I first started, especially going in with children, scared. It didn't matter if there was only a few, but because when Mr. Fritz first started, there was 20, 30 kids in his class. By the time I started, we were like eh, 6 to 10, you know. But those little kids scared the daylights out of me. So working with Mr. Fritz showed me that you don't have to be scared. There's a way to deal with them. And Mr. Fritz suffered through all of them. <laughs> and he, he loved them the whole way. And what's amazing is he started them uh, getting into, he didn't do it with electronics, he didn't do it with uh, all the, I mean, he brought the Bible to life to kids and made them want to come back for more, And which is the important part. What we do here in the church, if we don't teach the kids, if we don't bring the kids in, show them God, which is the important part, we don't have a church. So I just want to... Say to all you people here, whether you have children, you don't have children, your children are gone, whatever, in one way, shape, or form or another, God is proud of us because we have always put the children first. And this is a great church for that. The money hasn't gone into the building. The money hasn't gone into other things. The money has gone into outreach. And most of our outreach is the children. So... I'm very proud to be a member of this church, and thank you for being there and for allowing all of us to serve, opening opportunities for us to be there for the kids. It allows us as teachers to learn also. Sometimes when I go upstairs and I'm with the kids, especially with Mr. Fritz, I learned more upstairs than I would have down here. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> so just wanted you to know, it's, it's a worthwhile endeavor if you ever wanted to do it, and I just want to thank you for allowing us to do that. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I, I uh, help with Children's Church, and Diane asked me to share. I felt like I was an unlikely candidate to share because I do not teach. I am Ms. Discipline, which I don't really enjoy that much, but how all this happened is, um, you know, I started out, I, I saw the, like everyone else, I saw the need in the bulletin, and so many times I always wonder if these needs in the bulletins get met, and I thought, well, you know, once a month, I mean, anybody could do that, even I could do that, so, um, and I also felt kind of a responsibility. You know, there's the idea about, you know, it takes a village, and I never really like that comment about to raise a child takes a village, because I always wonder who's in the village, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it takes a church. It takes a church to raise a child, not a village. So um, I felt kind of a responsibility. Besides that, you know, I felt like I was missing out on a whole segment of my family. I mean, you guys are my family. I don't have. I have a, 
um, sister in Virginia, and that is all the family that I'm involved with. I mean, Ed's family, of course, but uh, you guys are my family. And so I was missing a whole segment of my family by not knowing who these kids were. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll work, you know, I'll, I'll go up there and see what I can do. Um, I help out with Charlene, um, and we only meet, you know, we only uh, teach church. She only teaches once a month, same, same as what other people have shared. Um, I don't know if you know who the four teachers are. It's Diane Shepard, Jody McIndarfer, Karen Schupak, and Charlene. And I've got to say, I was, yeah, <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Isaac, any rate, um, you know, I've known Charlene for a very long time. And I knew that, you know, she knew the word and that kind of thing. But it's just been so encouraging to watch her teach. And she mentioned just recently that that was really her calling. I didn't really need to be told that because I could see it. She enjoys it. She makes the word come alive. She cares about the kids. So it's wonderful to see her up there you know, with the kids. So it was, it's, it's her gifting. This was not necessarily my gifting, but I thought I would, would see what I could do. I've been up there, though, for 10 or 12 years. I have no idea how long it's been. It's just kind of like, you know, the Sunday she teaches, I just go up. So kind of like Pavlov's dog. So, um, you know, I just, I just do it. Uh, we've had our struggles in different ways. Um, I don't do major things. I take role, take offering, uh, you know, help them find scriptures or help them with a word they can't pronounce, you know, when they're reading, something like that. But I have tried to help the kids to focus on Mrs. Dunn, which has been sometimes a challenge. This, you know, last couple of years, not so much. But uh, I want them to show me that they're listening. And a lot of times we have some other distractions that I try to deal with as gently as I know how. Um, um, I guess my favorite thing that I do is listening to the kids recite scripture because we go outside and they recite scripture. They can get a quarter for it. You can get very rich reciting scripture if you'd like to like to consider that. Um, one of the stories that came with that was just a couple weeks ago, which was just so fun. Uh, I was outside with one of the young ladies who is one of my favorites, and we were reciting. She was reciting First uh, Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen. And I had gotten the wrong translation. So she, we'd just gone over the scripture. And a lot of times when we just go over the scripture, the kids think we can just run out and say it again. So she stood out there. She couldn't think of the first word. So I had a different translation. And I was saying, it, it, it's rejoice always is what, the, what it starts out. So my particular translation said, be joyful. So she was standing there. I don't always help, but I thought, well... She doesn't know the first word. I'll try B. So I said B, and there was nothing. And I said B, and she said Perky, and I said, <laughs> and I said, well, no, you know, close, but that's not it, you know. We, you know. So, you know. so um, at any rate, the kids really learn. Uh, Bible lessons. They also act out skits. You know, we've had wonderful skits where the kids are using the knowledge that they've learned in, like, you know, a uh, modern day uh, scenario. And the one that was really interesting is a few weeks ago, or uh, maybe a couple months ago, we had uh, a skit where, you know, the typical worldly person comes and says, well, there are other books, you know, the Bible really isn't the word of God and that kind of thing. And so, um, and then we had other characters with saying, no, it's the word of God. And one of the gals was just so vehemently about, you know, defended the, the Bible was the word of God so vehemently, you know, it was really wonderful to watch. You know, I mean, she was, <laughs> she was very um, definite about that is the word of God, you know. So it was a really um, useful 
skit for the kids to perform in and also to watch that, you know, these things will come that says, you know, well, there's other books, that's not really the truth, that kind of thing. So um, the skits have really been good um, also for the kids to kind of role play and know how to use what they've learned. So my prayer requests for this group, um, I want the kids to know this isn't just what we as Christians believe, but it's the truth. There's a reason why we believe it. It's because it's the truth. And the second thing is that the Lord would help them to apply what they're learning in their lives. So thank you. Like the others, this isn't <clears throat> something that I enjoy doing, talking in front of people. But when Bill asked me to talk, um, this subject is my passion, and I just was like, I have to share. I have to share <clears throat> three things. So um, I'm going to try to accomplish three things in five minutes, but that might not happen. So we'll see how, <laughs> how long I keep you here. No, I'm just kidding. So um, I want to share why I'm passionate about children's ministry, why it's important, and what Bible Bowl is all about. So um, the reason why children's ministry is so close to my heart is truth is I just never grew up. So I'm just still a kid myself. I just really like playing with the kids. They're fun, energetic. They're always smiling. They're ready to give you a hug or a high five anytime, and you don't really have to prompt them to laugh. They just, they just do it. So, um, no, those are the, and quite frankly, they are probably more teachable than us, right? Unfortunately. But those are benefits. That's not the reason why I do it or how I got called to children's ministry. Uh, when I was a kid, I was growing up, my grandparents were really dedicated Christians. They were in the ministry. They loved the Lord. And through them, I was able to see what it was like to be a Christian. But unfortunately, all I learned was about God and that you needed to obey him. But I didn't learn much more than that. Um, I grew up knowing that you're supposed to accept Christ in your heart. And I did it several times. But that seal of the Holy Spirit wasn't there. I still had reasons to doubt and wonder why I didn't feel like I was uh, eternally secure. I didn't understand salvation or sin. I didn't understand that I was a sinner. So I remember the first time that I was in college, I was a freshman, and I was sitting next to a girl on my basketball team. She was a senior. And we were in a psych class, and they asked, me, they asked us in the questionnaires, do you think people are innately good? or sinful and I remember just pondering not knowing what to answer I was like I just don't know so I'm like okay she's Mormon she said they're good I guess I'll put that down but I didn't really know for myself and I knew something inside me said that wasn't right it wasn't until I was 22 years old truly seeking God going to church I was baptized witnessing wanted to be a missionary I gave up everything to serve the Lord, and I still didn't understand the gospel completely. I didn't understand uh, my sinfulness. I didn't understand my need for a Savior. And I thought to myself, I've been in church how many years, and no one ever shared a clear presentation of the gospel. I've been in Sunday school how many years, and it's just watered down. It's the watered-down gospel. And that made me want to share with kids the truth and be able to, so they don't have to say, constantly feel the need to ask God into their heart, that they can understand their sinfulness and their need for a Savior. Um, so that's what sparked my passion. Now, <clears throat> why children's ministry? 
Does it really matter what kids believe? Are they going to listen anyway? Do they understand? Are they even mature enough to understand spiritual truths? Not very long ago, I was talking to a friend, and I was explaining to her. We're in a conversation. I was telling her what I was doing for a Bible bowl, and she just had this look on her face that she was stunned. And she said, I never even considered that you can teach children spiritual truths. And she just was like mind blown. And then I was mind blown that she was mind blown. I was just like, what? How do you not know that you can teach kids spiritual truths? And then we got in this conversation about how do you teach kids to obey you? And I was like, you start in the word of God. You show them that the Bible tells them to obey you. And you make God the authority in your life and in their lives. And I was just so shocked that someone could be trying to serve God homeschool their whole life and think that you can't teach kids spiritual truths. I believe one of the enemy's biggest lies and strongest weapons is getting us to getting us to lessen the importance of teaching kids spiritual truths. He knows that it is our youth. It's in our youth that our mindset is developed. And if he can get us to ignore our children, they'll serve him when they're adults. I personally think the most dangerous subject in school is English and then science. Because in English, you have to, they, sorry. The sentence that you correct in English, the grammar, the stories that you have to read, the questions you have to answer are all trying to get kids to think a certain way. I have, I work with young, kid, young adults that just graduate college, and when they come out of college, you could ask them, you know, they've, been, they've pretty much been brainwashed their whole life, and you can ask them, why do you believe what you do about that political issue, that religious issue, that social issue? Why do you believe? They won't know. They can know how to answer, but you know what? They believe it to their core. It's, it's sad. So what you learn as a kid develops who you are as an adult. And in being involved in children means I get to help the next generation and fight the enemy in instilling truth in our children. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 says, And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I give you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you wake up. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your heart and on your gates. We can teach our kids spiritual truths. Amen? Let me talk to you about Bible before I go, okay? Now, Bible, it is takes a whole crew to run because, as Coach Bill says, it's the biggest bowl in the whole wide world, right? Yeah. I mean, the Super Bowl may have more people, but in Bible Bowl, hearts and lives are being formed for the kingdom, which will be fruitful throughout eternity. Only thing um, that the Bible Bowl, I mean the Bible Bowl, that Super Bowl can say is that they're champs for the year, right? They don't get that eternal reward. So in Bible Bowl, our goal is to get the kids excited about God. Um, to have them have fun, to let them learn what amazing God we serve through Bible stories and let them see how God is so much bigger, stronger, and wiser than we will ever be. That we have a good, living, active God that's involved in every detail of our life. 
Then we take that information about the greatness of God and we teach them how to think about the situations in their life and apply that. We want the kids to learn to trust God no matter what, to always obey him because he is trustworthy. They're learning that God has made them unique for the kingdom work that he has prepared for them. And they don't have to be anybody special. They just have to have a willing heart and be able to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Use me. And appropriately enough, we're studying Esther. Esther wasn't anything special. If you look at human terms, she was an orphan. She was raised by her cousin. She was exiled into a a country that wasn't her own. And yet, but God, right? But God, she became queen. The Jews were about to be killed. And the line of David would die. But God, we get to take these kids and show them that a God that can do the impossible. And so when they have impossible situations in their life, they can say, but God. So what is Bible all about? We want to help kids walk in the spirit so they can have the fruit that comes from a life that digs their roots into the God's soil. It helps kids learn how to dig their roots in God's soil by Bible study, Bible stories, by memorizing Bible verses, answering questions that take them deeper into the Lord, all rolled up into a competitive, friendly, competitive environment filled with silly, goofy fun and and prizes. Don't forget the prizes. (laughs) And I feel like my mission field is children. So if you think about it, pray for me so that I can disciple children to God's glory. Thank you. This commitment and passion and conviction is part of why we came to TCF. And I'm so thankful that my children get to have these people working with them. Now, Bill tried. He, bless him, he tried really hard to keep me from talking today, but it, it just didn't work. And I know you guys know how, how hard it is for me to get up and talk in front of people, but, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, I get to work with Jason and Misty Feathers doing Fast Track. And for those of you who don't know what Fast Track stands for, follow along. Fifth and sixth graders team reaching after Christ. That's where the letters in the acronym come from. So we get the kids that are too old and usually too big for Bible Bowl and that are not quite old or big enough for basic, uh, kind of in those transition years. And uh, I, I was not inspired by an, an announcement in the bulletin. Uh, I don't know if I just missed that, if I wasn't there or what, but, but the announcement asking for help I wasn't there for me. But Jason Feathers came to me and, and asked if I would help. And it, it meant a lot to me that another man wanted my help with something. So I decided to give it a shot, and I've been hooked ever since. Uh, there's just something about teenagers that I like. <laughs> I know I'm weird that way, but some of us have to be, right? I, I just love that they are so teachable, and they know that they don't know everything. There's a window in there where they're, they're past just taking everything you say and swallowing it and then getting goofy 
uh, before they get to where they have their own ideas about everything. And this is, this is kind of where we get them in fast track. Uh, fast track is um, uh, focused on a couple things primarily. Uh, we focus on relationships. Uh, they are still able to see childhood operate in the childhood realm, but the door to adulthood is open. And they're looking down that hallway. And they got questions. We like questions. We love questions. Because God has answers. And we like to share those. So we, we deal with relationships. And um, we also take them uh, in depth in the Bible, in God's Word. We uh, have usually a theme for each semester. And then we go in depth on uh, different parts of that theme. This semester, we're dealing with Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2, about offering your bodies as sacrifices. And uh, we're, we're taking that apart and looking at all the verses. Last week, it was, it was about um, sacrifices, and we learned a lot about sacrifices. Wow, if you ever sit down to read through everything the Bible has to say about sacrificing, you're going to be there a while. So we do that. Uh, we get real familiar with the Bible. Uh, we get real um, familiar with how to study it, how to interpret it. Um, why don't you just take it all at face value? And, and why do you um, look at some things a little bit differently than, than others? And what does God really say about things? Uh, we also um, play games. We have snacks. Uh, and we like to do a service project every semester. We like to go to somebody in our congregation and have the young people do something to help them out. It's important to me that we connect ourselves to ourselves that the older people and the younger people know each other. Because I have been places where they didn't. I've been in churches, I've been in schools where everything's segregated. Nobody ever interacts with anybody else that's not of their group. And I don't want us to be that way. I I don't see us being that way, and I like that. Uh, This is is the point where... um, the children begin to own their relationship with Christ. It's not just what they do when they're here. It's not just what their parents do. It's not just what they're used to. This is where they start thinking about, wait, Jesus died for me, apart from everybody else, for me. And so that's, that's why this is important to me. That's why I'm still doing this. That's why... I like doing it is because this is where those uh, used to be children, not quite men and women, are growing from who they were to who God wants them to be. And I'm very thankful I get to be a part of it. Jason and Misty have been a part of it much longer than I have, and they put a lot into it. And I'm sorry they didn't get to be here telling you about it because they, they really know more. But thank you for listening to me. just a testament to how how important it is to have a great um, youth program the girls came with me when I went to the little lighthouse and so they got a lot of um, like spiritual focus in their day-to-day life and so that was nice for them to have that but Jonathan of course is at home with me and so um, 
he's a little more challenging kind of day to day. Uh, but he started yelling out, God is large and in charge. And so I was like, okay, he's large and in charge. That was kind of funny. So, um, But yeah, like, okay, so sorry. In the background is just going <laughs> to just be some pictures from basic. Um, as you chuckle, I might look up and explain them. But I would say they'll, they'll be self-explanatory, but they probably won't. Sure All right. Well, like James said, teenagers are fun. And um, I never thought that when I was one or growing up, but they, they really are fun. And um, I love spending time with them. I love uh, just hearing their heart and the way that they think, just the things that they think about and the way they process. And so that's why John and I do basic. Um, so we, have, we meet every Sunday night and we have a weekly lesson, kind of a theme that we're working on or just something that we feel like the Holy Spirit is guiding us into teaching that day. Um, we'll play some games and have some snacks and it's kind of laid back and fun and um, we really just we want to encourage each student just in their walk with Christ, kind of where they're at, and um, just foundationally the things they need to know from the Word, the truth of who God is. We kind of recognize that as a culture, um, they have a lot of things stacked against them, a lot of um, lies that are kind of permeating their their minds daily. And it really doesn't matter if they're in a public school setting or a homeschool setting. Um, the truth of God really needs to be a constant focus, um, who He is, and and what that means to their life and the situations that they're in. So um, that's kind of what we foundationally prepare for and do. Um, We also really feel like encouraging relationships is incredibly important, that they would um, learn to love each other as the body of Christ and um, learn that adults also love them. I realize that was something that's really important to kids is knowing that, yeah, we burn couches too. (laughs) Not not as often as we'd like, but we do burn some stuff. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, so knowing that adults do care about you, um, not in a project kind of way, but we really do care about you. And this church is so wonderful about, like James said, just the different generations um, reaching out and investing and um, just bringing the truth of who God is, like I said, into situations. So um, another thing that John has recently felt like is very important is that they uh, begin to understand that TCF is their church. It's not just their parents' church or you know, the place they go, that they would start to um, kind of just gain some ownership of that, that they can start to prepare for um, just adulthood and that they would look at TCF like a place they want to invest and they want to, uh, to be a part of. Uh, yeah. Am I missing anything? Basic hers? No? Got it all? Okay. Uh, so as you think about basic and you think about John and I leading it, I appreciate your prayers so much. Um, it's really what launches and keeps it going and... Um, we're just praying for just a greater sensitivity to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to teach and how he wants to reveal truths in their hearts. Um, a prayer that I really like, it's kind of a long one, but I just picked out one um, part of it is Ephesians one seventeen, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. So if you would agree with me that that is what is occurring in basic um, and that they would be sensitive to the spirit as well and they would just grow and love him and then... Um, Kind of just to know who he really is and to respond appropriately to that. So, thanks. Be really nice if we could feature everybody up here because everybody has stories and everybody has reasons for what they're doing. Uh, but again, it just makes you feel good that our kids are in good hands every Sunday when we send them upstairs or when we send them in here on Sunday nights or upstairs on Sunday nights for the various activities that we have. So um, 
passage of scripture that came to mind this morning as I was thinking and praying about this morning's service is from Matthew chapter 21, beginning with verse 14. And it's uh, after Jesus uh, drove out the money changers from the temple, and it says, The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him. Yes, Jesus replied. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise? That's, that's kind of what we're doing, folks. We're helping the children understand that this is something that God has ordained for them, to praise him, to glorify him, and to serve him. And that's, what, that's the kind of foundational understanding and truth of the children's ministries that we've featured here this morning. So what I want to do now uh, before we close is I'm going to read the names of everybody who's involved in each of these five children's and youth ministries. And uh, I want them to stand and remain standing and we're going to pray for them, but also wanted you to see who they are. So we want to not just do this so we can pray for them, but so that we can affirm their service because we could not do this without this large group, and you're going to see uh, there are going to be more than half of us probably standing here uh, that serve in these various venues. So uh, the nursery workers that we have that are currently serving in the nursery, and you can stand, Sarah Joy, Elijah Travers, Jason Lawrence, Hannah Lawrence, Amy Thorpe, Emma Thorpe, Jason Feathers, Faith Feathers, Jung-Hee Do and Christine Do, Marin Bros, Ruth Vasanen, Carrie Shupak, Diana Downing, Linda Steed, Debbie Manchester, Cheryl Blackburn, and Dorothy Salen. Now, of course, I also want to mention some of these people are upstairs. <laughs> they're serving. That's what they're doing this morning. So children's church workers. This includes teachers and their helpers, uh, Megan and John Failer, Sarah Joy and Elijah Travers. Boy, we hear that name a lot. Carla and Thomas Diaz. James Thorpe, James Manchester, Charlene Dunn, Nancy Harkins, Jody McIndarfer, Caleb Clutter, Karen Shupak, Carrie Shupak, Diane Shepard, and Amy Thorpe. Fast Track, Jason and Misty Feathers and James Thorpe. Bible Bowl, Al Baker, Diana Downing, Bill Sullivan, Steve Staub, Amy Thorpe, Sarah Joy Travers, and in basic again, John and Megan Failer. So look at how many of these names are also in more than one slot, and we have a lot of us standing here this morning, and some of those uh, are upstairs today. So let's first of all thank them with our applause. And I want you to notice how many of the youth are standing. Isn't that a wonderful thing, that they're already serving? Our, our standard with that is once they're uh, in seventh grade, they can serve in some of these ministries. And so uh, we're grateful that they're doing that. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is a lot of you have been serving for decades, not just years, decades, literally. And that is really something to say, that, that the faithfulness that's demonstrated in doing what you do in serving our children. So. Let's, uh, if you would like, and uh, either raise your hands toward these or lay hands on one of them or whatever, but let's pray together for all of these people who serve our children and serve the Lord by serving our children. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for each one. 
We're grateful for all these who are standing. We're grateful for those who are upstairs now. We're grateful for those who are unable to be here today who serve so lovingly and faithfully our children. We pray, Father, first of all, that they would have a sense of your pleasure with them, your satisfaction with their service in your kingdom and serving you in this way. Father, we're grateful, uh, even as James noted, for the passion that all of these feel for the work that they do. Lord, even when things are difficult, and we know that sometimes, surprisingly enough, children can be difficult, but Lord, we're also grateful that you allow each one of these to have the grace and the patience to serve in that way and to deal with uh, children who are fun and children who are difficult and everything in between. Lord, we pray for your equipping as they minister to our children. We, find, we pray that they would find great joy in this service, Father, that they would have a strong sense that they are doing your will. They are serving you by serving our children and serving this church. So, Father, we want to thank you for each one. We want to ask you to bless them. We want to ask you to encourage them in the work that they do. We want to ask you to help them to not grow weary in their well-doing. We want to pray, Heavenly Father, that they would indeed find great joy in this ministry. And, Father, that they would indeed have the joy of seeing our children grow to know you, to follow you, and to serve you. And, Father, that you would help them to connect the dots and see that just in a small way, so many of us have an impact on the lives of our children that they carry on into their adult years, Father God. We're grateful for that, and we thank you for each one. In Jesus' name, amen.